Welcome to the Amateur Golf Podcast, where we find stories worth telling. I'm your host, Sean Mulia, and today's guest is Stuart Hagestad. Before we get to the podcast, I just want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by our website, AmateurGolf.com. We cover amateur golf more extensively than anyone else. Schedules, news, rankings, and results are our bread and butter. And if you go to our website, you can join and receive a slew of benefits. Every member gains access to a huge database of past tournament results and discounts to some of golf's best brands like Callaway, OGO, and Golf Week. We want to offer our listeners a 50% discount on a one-year membership. If you are a brand new member to AmateurGolf.com, follow the link in the show notes and use the code BIRDIE50, B-I-R-D-I-E-5-0, to join tens of thousands of amateur golfers that depend on our site for all things amateur golf. Stuart Hagestad is one of the most decorated amateurs of this generation. He's competed in dozens of USGA events and has won two U.S. Mid-Amateur Championships in 2016 and 2021. He's also competed in six professional majors. His best finish was a tie for 36th in the 2017 Masters where he earned low amateur honors. The 32-year-old from Newport Beach, California will compete in his fourth straight Walker Cup, an incredible achievement that puts him into the same category as Bobby Jones, Francis Wimette, and Jay Sigal as players who have competed in that many or more Walker Cups. It's likely given the youth of the team and the trending youth in the Walker Cup that Hagestad might be one of the last to record such a resume in the team event. During this podcast, Hagestad discusses what it means to play in the Walker Cup, his excitement to compete at St. Andrews, how he manages life and work and golf, what courses he's enjoyed playing that might not be on everyone's radar, and much more. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Let's get to Stuart Hagestad talking about all things golf. Stuart Hagestad, welcome to the Amateur Golf Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Busy, busy time of year for you. Good busy. Yeah, yeah, on a lot of different fronts. Um, you know, if we can somehow make it through this time, you know, playing good golf and employed, I've I've done a lot, both from <laughs> a productivity and a political standpoint. So, um, no, there's a lot of good, good stuff going on. And, you know, it's, it's amazing to have been selected last week um, for something that I've kind of you know, put as a goal, um, for, for a long time. And I'm just, I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to play in the Walker cup team and represent the United States. Yeah. Fourth Walker cup selection. Um, you've kind of run the gamut first one in your home course. Now you get to go play the old course at St. Andrews. Uh, like what does this one mean to you just as far as the selection? Did you, I, I know the summer, you said it's a goal, so I'm sure it's a, it was yeah. building up. You got invited to the practice session, but just getting that phone call, actually learning that you made it. What did that? What would that feel yeah. like? I mean, I'm literally like, I like just even saying that, right? Like, I I can't I can't make it up. I literally have chills. Maybe it was the espresso from 20 minutes ago, but <laughs> I, but no, I, I I literally have chills. Um, you know, a couple things kind of immediately stick out. Um, you know, having played a handful of times before, you you kind of know what to expect you know, with the emotions and the events that you have to play in and kind of, you know, just you're, you're kind of, um, you know, the steps that, that kind of lie, um, in terms of getting there, but at the same time, it doesn't make it any easier in a weird way. I almost think it makes it more challenging. 
Um, the first one, you just don't really know. And, you know, ignorance is bliss type of thing. And, you know, given that it's, it's such an amazing, historic, um, interesting, historically, you know, really significant venue in St. Andrews um, at the old course, you know, that is something where I put a lot of pressure on myself, you know, to kind of be a part of it. And in a weird way, I think a lot of people that I'm close to, whether it's friends, family, whoever it may be, you know, we're kind of saying, Hey, like, you know, you can make it over there. And it's like, well, I'm trying guys. Like it's February. You know, I'm, I'm doing my best. Believe me. I want to be there as much as, as much as you want to go and spectate. So um, yeah, there's just, there's so many emotions that go into it. And then the other thing that, that kind of really stands out to me is when I, when I played on my first team in 2017, you know, looking back at that team, I was 25 and, you know, it was a few years out of college, but you almost feel more like your peers. You just happen to be a little bit older you know, and then teams two and three, <clears throat> you almost feel like a big brother to, to mm. guys on the team where you're all peers, but, you know, you're just older and it, it's like a big brother, younger brother type of relationship. Um, They probably may or may not have felt that way, but that's kind of the way that it felt <laughs> to me. Right. Yeah. And this is the first team where, you know, you look at a lot of these guys and, you know, there's there's four 19 year olds on the team. Like I'm 32. Right. Like if you go yep. back to my first team when I was 25, just quick math, like they were in like sixth grade right i mean they were, yeah. they were 12 years old middle schoolers yeah <laughs> so you know uh, like i've i'm there's just it's a it's a such a significant difference and um i i think that you know maybe my role maybe has changed a little bit you know first and foremost obviously you want to play great and you know be a leader on the team and kind of you know do what you can to prepare the right way and you know to to kind of be there you know in whatever context it may be but you know uh, there's so much that goes into this week aside from the golf and you know if there's an opportunity for for you know maybe the 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 guys on the team to lean on me you know if they need anything or they have questions or whatever um you know if they're maybe like not comfortable asking the captain like I, i'd be honored to kind of serve in a role to basically try and make their lives easier so that we can have everyone on the team play great um, so yeah, there's just, there's a lot of things that, you know, kind of stick out and, you know, that I think about, but, um, that was probably a lot more than you asked for. So I apologize. No, it's great. And I, um, I was reading a transcript from Ben James last week who, you know, had a, a rough, a rough summer as far as, uh, results up until he uh, reached the quarters at the USAM. And he's a guy I follow closely as a, as a new Englander and from Boston. And he gave you a shout out in, in his, uh, post david ford matched around a 16 and he, he he said he he had gone to you and just looking for advice and how to kind of dig out from you know having a, a summer where he wasn't playing his best golf after having an incredible freshman year so um i don't know what advice you gave him or or how how you know what what kind of advice you like to give freshmen in college as they're kind of grinding well, through a summer yeah so i'll I'll quickly touch on that. I think he's giving me a little bit more credit than I deserve. <laughs> um, he didn't come to me. I went to him. Oh, nice. And so the genesis of our relationship is, you know, I've known who Ben is for a very long time. We we played together in the Jones Cup in 2022, I guess it was. And he played, a, like, I mean, we got through like four holes and I kind of went to, you know, his coach, and his, his buddy that was on the bag. And I was kind of like, this kid's really good. Like, it's very obvious. He's he's way, way better than most junior players. And, you know, like I remember when I was kind of going through it before I'd ever played in a Walker cup team, I, I had played with a handful of guys and you're almost like kind of intimidated, right? Like it's like, they can do something that you can't or whatever it may be. And, 
I mean, that wasn't a thing. He was just like, yeah, I'm just going to hit it 320 and hit it right where I'm looking. And then I'm going to, you know, flight five irons into a 30 mile an hour gust when it's raining and speed's going to be perfect. I'm going to make everything I look at all day. You know, I was just like, oh my gosh, like this kid's an absolute baller. He's got nothing but bright things. But fast forward to last summer, we played each other and I, I kind of just had one of those days where um, golf was, was really easy, which doesn't happen all the time. But when it does, you just kind of try and stay out of your own way. And yeah, I, I balled and, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to, to close them out, but, um, we've always just kind of had, you know, a, a lot of respect for each other's games. And, um, I mean, he works really hard at it. He's super disciplined with the way that he practices and trains. And I think that we're wired very similarly. And I could just kind of tell that he was maybe putting a little bit more pressure on himself than, um, you know, he, whether it was conscious or subconscious, you know, than he was, you know, maybe needed to. So I think the way that I would describe our interaction is basically he needed a hug and then he needed a kick in the ass and then he needed another <laughs> hug. So in that context, I would say, I think maybe he needed like a big brother. And I basically was just like, Hey man, like you're so good. Like you're yeah. so much better than you think you are in this moment. And if I'm you, you know, having played a little bit, I would just basically go relax, go don't touch a golf club. Don't go, you know, he's 19, so we can't drink, but don't, don't right exactly <laughs> right right um like but just don't don't like, like go take a couple days off but like don't be an idiot like go work out go read go just chill like go allow yourself like to miss to genuinely miss um like practicing and just like miss golf right yeah because i think that and it's something that i kind of went through in 17 and knowing what i know now obviously i maybe would have approached it slightly differently but you feel this like internal pressure in this internal like almost like adrenaline wave to like perform and play well. And it's really hard to play good golf when you have that going on. And the message was just basically like, listen, man, you're a baller. Like you're so good. Like go, go try and win every event you play in, but like do it in a way that it's fun and yeah. like, golf fun again. And yeah. when you get to that point, like, you know, there's a reason you were the freshman of the year. There was a reason you were a first teamer, like you're a baller, you're a stud. So just, kind of try and get back to that yeah and to his credit like i mean he played great at the am he played great stroke play played great match play and you know he played played david and you know i, I know that 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 meant an awful lot to him and obviously it's a bummer that you know he got he got clipped in, in the quarters but you know there's there's a lot of good takeaways there and you know he's got nothing but bright things in the future yeah speaking of the pressure i remember i, I we we met for the first time at brookline on sunday after you finished um, and I tell people the story because it just, I, I think I have it right, but you were pissed. You yeah. doubled, you doubled 18 and you were pissed. You did not want to talk to me. Uh, and you're like, well, if I, I remember I right, like I was like, I'll talk. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, I need 10 minutes <laughs> and a drink and then yeah. I'm happy to talk, but I, I have to, I, and, and, uh, when you, and to your kinda, credit, you were amazing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Whatever. Like, that's fine. I get it. I've double bogeyed 18s before, not us opens, yeah. but I've done it. <laughs> and you know, and I was trying to get it like what, where the anger was coming from. And you were, I could, I could sense you didn't say it out loud that the Walker cup was kind of part, was a little bit of a part of it. Maybe you, you were kind of like, I think, you know, looking down the road, there's just a double at the end of, of uh, Sunday, just trying to get some points and maybe yeah. slipping down the leaderboard a little bit, but I could yeah. sense that there was, there's that little, obviously you're competitive, but it was an interesting insight to, 
to you as a player making the cut at the U.S. Open, uh, finishing in maybe a way you didn't want to finish. And um, and yeah. I, I just I remember that moment, and I tell people that because I do. I just felt to me like maybe the Walker Cup was on his mind. Yeah. So I mean, I think I think a couple things. You know, that far out in a Walker Cup year, my you know I had never made the cut in the U.S. Open before, so that was a big deal to me. Yeah. And you know, I think just doing that. To be able to say that you made the cut in the U.S. Open to me it was like that's that's cool, right? Like obviously a goal would be to be low am, but you know just you can't really be low am if you don't make the cut. So that was that was a big goal to start. I think just again, kind of the way that I'm wired is I'm I'm I love to compete, and um, that was less about the Walker Cup and more just about leaving a really bitter taste in my mouth, kind of walking off the property. Yeah, um, you know I just. If you think well and you do your best you can to execute, then you've kind of done everything that you can do. But like, I think maybe I was in between clubs and, you know, maybe just missed one or something like that. Or maybe I just like I missed like almost a a checkpoint in my like kind of internal checklist in my routine. Or I remember like not losing a ball, but just like being in a position where like the ball was kind of out of your hands and you didn't really have control over what happened. And I just. I remember like not having a great break on 18 and just being just really bitter mm. that like, it was just like, damn it, like, <laughs> I had such a great week and that's not the way I wanted it to end. Um, you know, even if that's just like making a par at like a really tough 18th, um, you know, so yeah. I think that, I think that had more to do with it, but to use your example as a different caveat, like, no, like there's, there's, there's a lot of times where, you know, so said differently like the reason i didn't play in the california amateur last year which is um at the course i grew up at is because of the walker cup and that was a year and mm. i mean a year and change in advance right so like yeah like from that standpoint like i had a plan and i kind of knew what i had to do and i was trying to like integrate different thoughts well in advance of when the event was taking place and you kind of have to be thoughtful about different events that you're playing, you know, again, like well in advance of that, or at least that's kind of the way that I've approached it. So um, the answer is, I think if the answer is a yes or no question, the answer is no. But to your question about was the Walker Cup something that you're thinking about well in advance, you know, call it a year or more, then the answer is yes. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll, we can absolutely meet in the middle there. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, that was just a, it was one of those very eye-opening moments. I appreciated your uh, your your candor in that. Like, no, oh, I just give me just thanks give me, for giving me ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, no problem. Not a bad place to wait for anybody for uh, for ten minutes. Oh, that was cool. Um, no, I just I, I think yeah. you know one thing that um, you look at the guys that play for a living, and I think one thing they do a really nice job of is um, you know they they kind of go be by themselves for for ten or fifteen minutes, and they have the ability to basically you know kind of be like, hey, I'm pissed, and we need to give a thoughtful interview. Um, let's, let's get yep. it. But you go back to that Richard Sherman interview and I'm team Sherm here. Cause it's just completely unfair. You know, these are, these are men that are going to go, you know, just effectively qualified for a super bowl and, yep. you know, poor Aaron Andrews gets him what 30 seconds after it's over, like adrenaline is flowing, you know, just like <laughs> yeah. there's so much aggression. There's so many emotions. Like you do that interview 12 or 15 minutes later, it's a completely different, completely different call Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, prepping for the Walker Cup right now, you, you you're you're in the midst of like the Western, the USAM. Now you're getting ready for the Walker Cup. Like, how do you take how do you take care of your your body? How do you like 
mentally reset? How do you do? Because it's the Western is a huge, and you made the round of 16. So you played a ton of golf mm-hmm. and then you <laughs> hop on a plane and you're in Denver and now you're in New York. Uh, you're yeah. ready to go to Scotland. Like what you, what are your little tricks of the trade? How do you get ready? And then, and then I know that the team is meeting tomorrow, right? Or this mm-hmm. week to kind of, yeah. um, so then what, what do you look forward to in that little setting? So those are a few yeah. different questions. <clears throat> there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there in a short period of time. Um, <laughs> again, I'll just use other examples, um, to kind of basically answer that question. Um, I got sick during the AM, which stinks for me, whether it was, you know, the altitude, maybe it was work, maybe it was travel. I don't know. Got sick. Mm. I could kind of feel it coming on, but Tuesday I played great. You know, I felt like I kind of grinded through one of the better rounds I've played given the scenario. And unfortunately I didn't make it through, which is a huge bummer. Um, I flew back Wednesday in the afternoon and I didn't touch a golf club until I like chipped and putted on Saturday, right? Like I hit like a couple chips and pitches and I just chilled. Yeah. But like the USAM, and I think a lot of people would agree here is the most emotionally taxing event of the whole year, just given a lot of the unique carrots that kind of come at the end of that week. If you play well, Um, you know, it's, you see it every year, especially in a Walker cup year, you know, whether it's online on the internet, you know, on Instagram, on Twitter, you know, a lot of players, you know, do amazing things and have great weeks and, you know, fans or friends or whoever, you know, become very emotional, you know, in whether it's trying to make national teams or, you know, rooting on their favorite players or, you know, there are a lot of times there's uninterrupted coverage. So guys, you know, maybe get like some kind of a reputation for something that they thoughtlessly i don't know right so there's just there's so much that comes with it um some of it is fair some of it is unfair so i think it's important from that standpoint to basically take time off um i flew back on wednesday i was in the office thursday um friday a couple things happened so i just did some work um for my place in the city but just kind of chilled again i wasn't feeling my best so there was no i didn't see a reason to to go in i was busy anyways um saturday again like i said i chipped and putted sunday i played nine i was out um i was out east yeah. with some really close kind of friends and and their family and um i was busy but just played nine and hung out like didn't i, I bet i hit balls for seven minutes and then played nine yeah yeah um so yeah like i think it's really just important to basically mentally get to a place where like you miss golf and where you just like mm-hmm. almost like want to practice again. <clears throat> and if you're not there, then don't play. Right. But again, like do little things like work out. Like I worked out every day. I was like, you got to do one, you got to do one productive thing. So I was like, let's go. Yeah. Right. So that was, that was my approach. And then this week, um, I'll be in the office Monday through Thursday, midday. And then I'm going to go join the team kind of early set or early, uh, Thursday afternoon. Um, Let's see, Monday I worked out and I think I hit wedges at the place where I hit balls in the city. Um, hit balls last night and worked out. I mean, just kind of my, my routine is basically you're in the office, call it from nine until 6.30 or seven and then go go hit balls and work out until 10.30 or 11 at night. I'm not that much fun during the summer. <laughs> you're just know. having fun. 
You're just having your own. Yeah, no, I listen, I love to compete. And I think that one thing I'm really, I'm really fortunate and lucky to have is I've had the chance to play in a lot of events. And um, I think I have a pretty good idea of what it feels like to be ready for me. Maybe not, you know, just like to basically like be in a place where I can, I can go and compete and then, you know, just where I feel like I'm sharp. And, um, yeah, you know, I think like I give a lot of credit to Chris Sambry, you know, my coach in college, um, you know, that allowed us to kind of like have kind of a structured plan in place to, to know what is, you know, what I'll say is air quotes good enough. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of been my approach the whole summer. And I mean, that's that, you know, I'll, I'll join the team when, uh, and fly, we'll fly over on uh, Friday night. Nice. So when, like, you play with, you know, this, you were talking earlier about just having such a, being part of a, a young team and you're 32 now. Um, the easy question is like, what, what do you hope you can kind of help them with? What tips would you give them? But <laughs> what things have you learned? I'm going to go the other way. What things have you learned playing with talented kids who are younger than you over the last couple of years in these events? Like what things are, are there things you're taking away from them as well? Yeah. So there's two things that like immediately come to mind one. And first and foremost, like I remember when I was on the team in LA and I thought I was going to be that guy to be like, okay, like hit it here. There's probably going to be a pin here. You know, this is the best place to approach from here, whatever. Right. It was, learned, your, it was your place. And I learned like within not even a day, like half a day that they're really good and they don't need your help. Like their golf IQs are through the roof and they are able to quickly and efficiently um, synthesize information about the course, what they can and can't do, what their games, what pins or just what holes they can attack. Their golf IQs are off the charts. So if they ask questions, like for sure, be a resource and be helpful and thoughtful but let them figure it out for themselves. They're really good and um, essentially just stay out of their way. As yeah. crazy as that sounds. And yeah. secondly, do not underestimate how good they are. Um, you saw it last week at the USAM where I was one over and thought I was going to be in great shape. Literally when I got done, like I was told like, Hey, like you're in no problem. You're going to play off at worst. And by the end of the day, like it was a clean cut at 64. So those two things, one, their golf IQs are off the charts and two do not underestimate how good they are. Anything in your game that you've stolen from anybody or like little tricks that you've learned from them or they just hit it too far and too good to try to steal anything. <laughs> no, I mean, um, no, like I, they're very good. They're really good. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're really good, but sometimes they're still kids. Right. And they still make, and they still make cardinal sins as we all do golf's really hard. Like mm-hmm. we, we all have missed screens with wedges, but they still, yep. you know, sometimes like they'll take on maybe more risk than they need, or they'll, they'll try and do too much where, you know, like I'll use Colin Morikawa as an example from back in 2017. Cause it's, cause it's an easy example. He was such like Zalatoris do was such an amazing ball striker and was so comfortable doing things, you know, like hitting fades or draws or whatever it was, but he was very comfortable with, with his game and how he played and how he was going to navigate the golf course. And to to this day, I haven't really seen anyone at the amateur level be as comfortable with that as he was. Yeah. Um, and I think that's reflected in, you know, his collegiate career where he like didn't finish out of the top five for like his last two and a half years of college, which is just banana land. Insane. Yeah. So, 
you know, there's there's still things that that, that the college guys do that you kind of look at and maybe scratch your head, but then they'll hit shots where like they'll fly it to the green from 285 and it's just like, oh, okay, but you have that arrow in your quiver, right? <laughs> yeah. Or they'll hoop like a 35 footer and all is forgotten, or they'll ship it from an awkward lie from 40 yards out to a foot and you'll be like, oh, cool. Right. Yeah. So there's a little, there's, there's a couple different ways to answer that. Um, but again, going back to my answer before is I've been fortunate to have played, you know, a bunch of these things I've, I've played in a handful of majors and, um, you know, I've been on a lot of these teams. So there's just not that much, I would say, that really catches me off guard. Like, no yeah. one's going to hit it past camera champ. Like, Gordon's a beast and hits the tar out of it. Mm-hmm. But, like, I've seen it. Yeah. Right? Like, Max Moldovan is one of the best. And I, I'm obviously bummed he's not on the team. So that he's maybe not yeah. the best example in this category. But, like, he wedges it from 40 to 70 yards as good as anybody. Yep. Right? Like it's it's weird if it's not outside or if it's if it's outside three and a half feet. Yep. Um, you know, Colin and Will's wedge or uh their irons and mid irons are off the charts, right? Like McNeely, the way he putted it in his speed, it was it was wild. Um yep. Shea was the same way. I mean, it felt like all you had to do was just get him on the green inside like 25 feet. So I think um, you know, having again to to kind of summarize, like to having seen a lot of, you know, different things, like there's just not that much that catches you off guard, which I think yeah. maybe allows you to eliminate a lot of the noise and allows you to practice a little bit more efficiently. Similarly, Ooh. like, you know, like last year I made two doubles in the first two holes of the second round. And if I was like 17 playing in my first USAM, like I would have been so rattled and shot a whole bunch. Yeah. Right. Like knowing it's a USAM, it's like, Hey, like you didn't do yourselves any favors. <laughs> but like if you play real hard for 16 holes, like you're going to be fine. Right. Yeah. So stuff like that. Yep. Who, uh, what's your like ideal forceps partner? You got all shot <laughs> twice at St. Andrews. What kind, of, I, what kind of guy do you like? I, I will leave that up to the team and I'll leave that up to the <laughs> captain. But the way that I'll answer that is, um, I think that the way that spider Miller went about it was really cool. Whether or not he, he used our advice or thoughts is irrelevant, but yeah. Um, he basically kind of said, Hey, like you guys are all really good and you've all played with each other a ton. And I've watched your scores. I've watched you over the summer and I've got, you know, whatever insight I have, but like, why don't you write down two or three people, you know, that you think would make a lot of sense for you to play with. And, you know, whether it's, you know, personality fits or inside jokes, you've played a lot at home or you're comfortable with them or whatever. And I think that, you know, as a captain, that's kind of one of the things that you have control over. Um, not to call him out, but Crosby was kind of just like, Hey, this is one of the few things I have control over. Um, you guys have no say, so don't bother trying to like politic. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, okay, like you didn't need to phrase it that way, but whatever, man. Yeah. So I just thought that the way that spider did it was, 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 was really cool. Again, whether, whether he used our information or our thoughts or not is, irrelevant just the fact that like it seemed like we had like a very collaborative type of environment was was great um there's a couple guys that have kind of mentioned things and reached out um but you know we'll see next week i think i think we'll we'll figure that out over the course of the week yeah you've played with akshay was one of your was yeah forces partner right and played with akshay in 19 and that was cool i mean we, we we got out on the first day we got out to the third hole and you know, like I'm still kind of nervous and you know, a whole <laughs> bunch of people around and, you know, I played on a team, but it doesn't mean it means any less or whatever. And 
we're like 100 yards off the tee box and he's he kind of like we're walking together and he's just like dude this is so cool like <laughs> having fun like isn't this is so cool and I was that was at like, liverpool right it, yeah that, or yeah 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 dude he was like 17 he's just yeah, like this isn't insane. this awesome and i'm just i'm I, I can like barely eat i'm like you're gonna be fine got it oh that's great yeah um have you played st andrews before is this a I have, but i was too young to appreciate it we cool. did like, okay uh, so- yeah, we did. Um, we did a trip over there when I was like really young in high school, and I played it once, and um, I was just too young to appreciate it. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to kind of seeing it more as an adult, but also like having a little bit more information on like you know golf course architecture and history and the RNA and da 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 da. So yeah, and, and yeah. the beauty of competing on it, right? Like you're totally, uh, totally. What a cool I mean, like part when of I was that age, you don't place. even know what like the St. Andrews Links Trophy is, let alone like you know the Dunhill or I mean you know like Tiger because he beat everyone you know in 2001 or 2000 whatever year it was. Yeah. So just like um, more of that stuff, just kind of more you know everything that's gone into it and what it means. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that'll be great. I was you know some. I, do you have a sense of any other guys have played it or are a lot of you guys going in pretty cold? Um, I don't think anyone's played it. I mean, yeah. they're young, right? So like, I yeah. mean, they, they're, they've been like little mini tour pros since they went <laughs> golf, right? So they've played <laughs> yeah, like AJGAs and they've played, you know, USAMs and some of them, you know, they've played an amateur golf for maybe a year or two, but I don't think anyone's been over there. Certainly not to play the, the St. Andrews links trophy or maybe even, you know, the, the British AM, but not that that's been at St. Andrews, but, um, I think everyone's going to come and going in for all intents and purposes, you know, fresh and going in blind. What's uh what's one story as like being the older guy that has that makes you feel like you are the older guy? Any from the maybe from the last two um two times? From the Walker Cup specifically? Uh sure, yeah. Like a, a moment as a as a Walker Cup player feeling like I mean, the old guy. I was with Adelberg like a month ago and we were asking we were we I you know, I was like describing the name of my company where I work and I was like BDT and MSD and they're like, What do you mean? Like it like an and and I was like, No, like an ampersand and they're like, What's an ampersand? I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so young. Yeah, pound sign. It was like, oh, like a, like a <clears throat> I'm like a like a pound sign. They're like, What's a pound sign? I'm like, like a hashtag. I'm like, yeah 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 <laughs> so there's there's a there's a handful of times adelberg actually has a pretty good story when he was over there you know in 19 um you know from the walker cup and he was just like looking around and i i i, I kind of remember it but he was just like yeah like there there are times when like they're young and they're children right yeah Not to say that they are because like i mean they're total like studs and i mean they're they're like pros i mean they're all just so good in so many different ways but every now and then you know, like they'll be watching TikTok or, you know, they'll be like doing something dumb. And I'm just like, it's, I, I have two younger brothers that are 24 and 26. So like, I'm not, I'm a little less like I'm desensitized to it. Yeah. But, um, I think if you were like in your early forties, there'd be a couple of times you'd be like, Oh wait, but this team, <laughs> this team's a really mature team and they've all got great heads on their shoulders. So I, I doubt we'll, we'll deal with that a ton, but um, I mean, I don't know, like off the top of my head, like there's nothing that like, immediately comes to mind yeah just those little moments just a couple little things yeah there's a couple things but like i i can't say them on this (laughs) um i think b woo and isaiah will know what i'm talking about but like i can't i can't like specifically go into it um but yeah like they're you know they're they're young and it'll be great like there's there's so many like little that's also what makes it fun too right is like there's like a handful of like just moments and interactions and 
um, just really cool memories that are, you know, created throughout the week and I'm fired up to, to kind of just be there with everyone and get it started. Yeah. All right. Before I, I know we got kind of a, not a hard stop, but I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, two questions that I, I, that I wonder about is you have obviously played in some phenomenal events at phenomenal golf courses. You've played Crump Cup. You've played um, at Seminole in the Walker Cup and uh, in the Coleman, and uh, you grew up playing LACC. Is there a golf course that people don't maybe know a lot about that you love playing either competitively or that you've just kind of seen and gotten to play that um, you know you you just really love either returning to or you want to get back and play? Yeah, no, there's there's a few of them. Um... I will leave out the ones that are kind of at the same venue every year, just because I think everyone kind of knows those. Right. You know, everyone, like everyone, like the fact that we get to play the Chrome Cup at Pine Valley is unbelievable. Insane. Yeah. Right. I mean, pound for pound, if that's not the best golf course in the country, I'd, I'd love to hear what the argument is. Um, <laughs> not to say that there aren't other amazing golf courses, but I mean, what a special venue that is. Um you know, same thing at Seminole, you go down there and like every other person you talk to is either played in a Walker Cup or Captain One, you know, let alone like they've made some impact on the game that will like far outlive their lifetime, you know, and then on top of that, they're, you know, just this amazing, whether it's father or business leader or whatever. So, um, you know, I, I think in LA, I can't say enough good things about obviously, because I kind of grew up there, but let's leave the venues where it the big hitters. Yeah, 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 let's, let's, let's leave those, let's leave those aside. <clears throat> there's a handful of places that really just kind of stick out. I think, you know, everyone knows the Wingfoots, you know, or maybe the Chicago golf or, you know, just kind of the bigger venues that everyone kind of talks about. Um, my best, my best friend on the East coast lives in Boston. It's so, like, I've had the chance to go to myopia hunt club. I think myopia mm. is unbelievable. It's amazing. Yep. Right. Um, similarly, like you go down to Miami, like I think Indian Creek is about as good as it gets um you go to the west coast you know you look at like a valley club mm -hmm. um shore acres in chicago you know doesn't get the doesn't get the the look that maybe it merits so i really like the places that like are are there and people kind of know about it but it's like no like place is amazing yeah so you know there's there's a handful of those that kind of that kind of stick out yeah i like myopia is 30 minutes from where i live it's uh yeah been lucky to play it a few times it's um Neat spot. I mean, it's, it's one of my favorites in the state. Amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. exactly. Just drive down that road, past the polo fields, and it's it's nineteen oh one again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they haven't changed the floorboards in one hundred and fifty years, and it's 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 the highest scoring venue in U.S. Open history, if I'm not mistaken. It is. Yep. Yep. Um, i i gotta I gotta ask. I don't know if anyone has ever asked you this. Maybe they have, and if it's off limits, you can tell me. Um, the long putter. What uh, what what uh you know, especially with Lucas Glover now kind of bringing it back in vogue or getting some discussion around it. When did you switch the long putter? Um, you call it, you just call it your baby. My baby. <laughs> I switched to the long putter after my sophomore year. Um, I played pac 12 so poorly and that was right around the time that Adam switched. I think he won the masters that year. I'd have to double check the history books, but I kind of just wanted like to just change it up. You know, I was thinking yeah. about going to, um, like a belly putter and, I literally went into like Roger Dunn, right? Like your big, like kind of retail golf center. And I was like, let's just, let's get crazy. Like let's, yeah. <laughs> let's change the motor skill. Let's do something completely different. 
let's try the long putter. Why not? And like, I, I think I'd played like nine holes of the buddy, you know, maybe a month before. And I was like, yeah, it feels weird, but I don't hate it. And, um, you know, I remember like I started rolling it pretty well and practice with it. And I was like, okay, like I could see this. And, and then I played like a USAM qualifier and basically like I had, I made a total mess of the first hole in my home course and had like a four footer for bogey that was like just outside the hole. And they're like, there were nerves there. I was like, you know, anxious about like, okay, like, you know, now it, this is the moment of truth. And I hit one and like at great speed, I hit my line. It was like just dead center. And I was kind of just like, okay, cool. yeah, the music like, started and now, yeah, like... yeah, yeah. And literally like golf was really easy. I was actually playing with Xander Schauffele and qualifying for the USA on that day. And golf was really easy for like three hours. And I, yeah. I think I had it, I think I was like seven through 14 or maybe I missed a short one for, to go eight through 14 or something, but ended up qualifying for the USAM that day and I've had it in the bag ever since. Yeah, it's, it's, um, cool. you know, golf, I, I go back to like golf is so hard and, um, it allowed, it allowed putting and practicing putting to become fun again. You know, uh, people ask like, Oh, like, you know, would you be any good with a short putter? It's like, yeah, it'd be fine. But it elicited just one, such a such a sense of confidence, but then two, um, you know, it just, it just kind of allowed me to, again, just like it, it, it's, it's a, it's a slightly different motor skill, but you still got to have great speed. You still got to hit your line. You still got to read it. Right. Like those don't change. Like you still got to have confidence, right? Yeah. Not like, it's not like any of those things go away. It's not like you can just simply like not practice and like, just put it on a track. Like, no, like I worked really hard to try and Keep roll it. it really nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just, um, that's my baby. And, um, anyways, yeah. Yeah. That's great. I, I've just wasn't sure how long you've had it. That's a, a same putter. Have you had the same one for 11 years or I've got did, a did bunch you... of, I've got a handful of different backups. Um, I actually had one that I won the mid am with and was low am with and the masters stolen out of the back of my car. Oh no. Yeah. So that was the initial one that I bought like in stores. The one that I've used, I, I got down at the studio and, um, you know, I've, I, like I said, I've got a handful of different backups, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they're, yeah, that's cool. That's, I, yeah. Um, well, I, I, w- I want to let you go. That was a, a nice place to finish. Uh, hopefully you, uh, hit some, a bunch of putts this week from very far away on those gigantic greens at St. Andrews. Yeah. And- my, my practice in the city is a 12 footer that <laughs> breaks like an inch right to left, but sometimes like three inches from right to left. Depending yep. on apparently like the ground, yeah, practice, but uh, yeah, so I can hit up to 12 footers, so let's go play hard. Nice. Is it is it a hard putter to use if you're like San Andrews? You could hit putter, you could hit putter from off green. Are you is it are you comfortable hitting like long, long putts with that with that putter? Oh, yeah, just ask yeah, anyone nice. I've played against for like the last like seven years. Oh, yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, no, uh, the big, an issue, it can be like, if it's blowing 20, 25, like yeah. it blows all over the place, but same thing, like it'll blow all over the place with the short putter too. Sure. So, I yeah. mean, play hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck. Safe travels. Uh, hope all of your golf clubs make it over safe and sound to, uh, to England pro, and Scotland pro, pro tip. Um, and I'm sure you've done this, but go buy some air tags and throw them in your golf bag that way. I just experienced getting coming back from Edinburgh and uh, my bags were 21 days behind me and it was I, not a fun 28 days without. I air have tags. an air tag in my bag so that we 
hopefully don't have to deal with this. Yeah, yeah. Well, ho- I, I hope you won't. And um, I hope you guys have an awesome trip. Hope you come back with uh, the Walker Cup. And thanks, thanks for your time. Safe travels. Of course. And uh, hopefully everyone stays healthy as well out there on Lake 21. Thanks, Sean. All right. Thanks, too. That's it for today's podcast. Make sure you subscribe so new episodes are delivered to you every week. Also, check out AmateurGolf.com. We provide the most extensive schedules, news, rankings, and results in the amateur game from around the world. Remember that we are also giving away a 50% discount to anyone who is a first-time member if you just use the code BIRDIE50, it's B-I-R-D-I-E-5-0, for 50% off a membership. It is well worth it. And until next time, keep it right of the trees on the left, and keep it left of the trees on the right.